Next on BYU Sports Nation, Cougar football garnering more national hype. AP college football writer Ralph DeRusso joins us live to explain why BYU in the BCS is a legitimate possibility. BYU TV analyst Blaine Fowler discusses the Cougars' dramatic season turnaround and what makes BYU a real threat to upset Wisconsin on the road. Plus, ranking BYU's six wins, which victory deserves the title of most important at this point of the season? And now, live on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio, it's BYU Sports Nation with your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Tuesday, October 29th, let's do this. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan wherever and however you may be listening. Thanks for making us part of your day. Great show lined up today, given that we bring in a ton of national perspective, namely Ralph D. Russo from the Associated Press. The guy lives, eats, and breathes college football. He just released an article on BYU's up-tempo offense. Really excited to talk to him. And of course, Jerem, we delve into BYU's six victories and why each of them is important for obvious reasons, but which is the most important, biggest, best? I think that's the question, and they're kind of different questions, which is, what's the best win uh, that BYU's had so far? That's our poll question today. Weigh in on BYUTVSports.com and on uh, Twitter, at Nation. Tell us why, and uh, if you can fit it in the 140 characters, tell us where you are listening to the show. Or you can send us two tweets as well. You can, you answer, can send us you many can tweets as you want. Just this say, is hey, America. I'm listening from wherever. This is Mer- America. 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 Friendly reminder, you can listen to BYU Sports Nation on BYURadio.org. The BYU Radio iOS app, Sirius XM Channel 143, and Dish Network 980. The show on demand every afternoon on YouTube.com slash BYU Radio. And for those asking, and there have been many of you, a podcast is in the works. It will be available shortly. Stand by for that. For now, if you miss the show, it's replayed daily on BYU Radio at 7 Eastern Time, 5 Mountain uh, PM, that is, in addition to the live broadcast here in the morning, 10 to 11 a.m. Mountain, 12 to 1 Eastern. You can also catch it on YouTube, like Spencer mentioned, Spencer mentioned YouTube.com slash BYU Radio. A, a, a couple hours after the show, so it's a in between 2 and 3 p.m.-ish, shows up on YouTube. Where there is a will, there is a way. Yeah. There's literally a guy in this building named Will Wickert who uh, is an ingest. He does the TV stuff. So that's his tagline at the end of his email. Where there's a will, Wickert, there's a way. <laughs> he makes it happen. Okay, that's how you listen. And as Jerem mentioned, you can join the conversation at any point. Send your tweets to at BYU Sports Nation. What is BYU's best win of the season? Four options for you today. Boise State, Georgia Tech, Texas, or Houston. We did not include Utah State in that, by the way. On purpose. And here's the thing. Even the Utah State game, which isn't one of the four options, has an argument. Yes, and if, if you think that's the best win of the season... Uh, tweet why you think that is at we'll, BYU we'll, Sports Nation. We'll delve into that. And Jeremy and I... There will be a lot of delving. Delving. Delvage. I like that word. Why you gotta hate, man? No, I was just using different <laughs> sides of it. <laughs> a thought-provoking topic for sure. Because um, like I said, you, you can make an argument for each of those wins, including Utah State. Boise State, Georgia Tech, Texas, Houston, or the sleeper Utah State, which is BYU's best win of the season. And again, include, if you can, in the 140 characters where you are tweeting, because this is BYU Sports Nation. And on that topic, we'll, we'll get into BYU's biggest win, and I'm sure there will be a ton of opinions, which we love. The more editorial, the better. And... BYU, last Friday night, really taking control of the national spotlight against Boise State, seizing the opportunity in front of a lot of prominent eyes to do some good work, and that is how we begin What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic 1. Nostris Nocturnus. It's it's always good to put on national TV, and uh, that's why I was excited when we signed with ESPN. And um, our game last week against Boise State was a big thing, too, because it was the only game on on ESPN. So anytime we can uh, be able to get out there on national TV, we'll take it. Okay, so we've we've termed own the night as nostris nocturnus. And because it's past past tense, I'm not sure how past tense Latin works. Who knows? Who cares? ED, right? (laughs) Or is it nostris nocturnus? (laughs) Mothers-in-law. Mother-in-laws? 
where is BYU Radio's Marcus Smith when you need him? He's got uh, a minor, he just did a show for a couple he's, hours. He's got a minor in Latin. We should go talk to him and ask him how you do past tense, if there is past tense in Latin. Cody Hoffman, regardless of whether it's past tense or not, says, hey, it's great to have the national spotlight on ESPN, and not only that, but to to play well in that spotlight. And, and man, BYU did so many things. Well, they probably should have scored 50 points. What Do they get into the top 25 if they score 50 against Boise State? Maybe. They played really well, and that's that's the bottom line, is that they won and they played well uh, doing it. They won by 17, which was really big. That win was really big for BYU because guess what? On a bye week, people were talking about BYU a little bit. They're kind of in the conversation nationally of, hey, what's going on there? Uh, and we'll address that coming up in the show with AP college football writer Ralph Russo, which you, you mentioned. We'll ask him about what's the perception of BYU nationally now that they've had this five-game win streak and beaten some names on the schedule. We looked at the schedule before the year, and uh, there were a bunch of games that kind of jumped out, opportunities to make some noise, right? BYU did not anticipate losing at Virginia, and that's the one that really hurts. But you beat Texas, you beat Utah State, Georgia Tech, Houston, Boise State. Houston became a better game because they were undefeated. Utah State become, became a worse game within the game because Chucky Keaton got hurt, unfortunately. Otherwise, that win pops a little more. But uh, Boise State is not as good as they have been, but BYU makes them pay. They win by 17. So I really like what BYU's done after a 1-2 and two start, after struggling to pass the ball, to win five games in a row is tremendous. Ralph Russo, AP writer, coming up on BYU Sports Nation, as is BYU TV analyst Blaine Fowler. Yesterday, it was Maddich Monday with Trevor Maddich, and he says, look, everyone in college football watched that BYU win over Boise State. You know what? It wasn't just me that watched. Everybody watches. It's like the NFL. Everybody in the league watches Monday Night Football. Every player, every coach, they're all watching it. It's that way in college football because every team is in the team hotel. And guess what? They're all watching that Friday night game. Football Friday. BYU beating Boise State handily on that ESPN stage propels them into another compelling TV ratings arena on ESPN or ABC. Just announced yesterday, 1.30 Mountain Time kickoff, 3.30 Eastern at Camp Randall against the 22nd ranked Badgers. Now, if BYU doesn't do what they did against Boise State or they don't survive Houston or any of those games, the matchup is obviously not as tasty or... uh, a ratings winner, but because they have done that, they have earned the right to play in front of a lot of important eyes once again. And it might be if BYU loses to Boise State or isn't 6-2 and two on this five-game win streak on the Big Ten Network. And then you're thinking, where the heck do I get the Big Ten Network? Unless you live in that region of the country or you have, what is it? I think Dish has it, but DirecTV Direct, doesn't. I have, or, uh, Direct has it. You have it. Okay. So it, it's a little harder to find for some people. But BYU... Uh, is, a, is a national player right now. They're just outside the BCS standings. BYU's on the cusp of being ranked. I think BYU will lose a little momentum next week in the polls just because they didn't play. But uh, if BYU could go into Wisconsin, the stage is set where if BYU can go in there, and they don't even have to win. They just have to play really well. If BYU can score a bunch of points, uh, and and even if they still lose, the nation is kind of looking at BYU as, hey, they're back. They're in, they're an exciting brand of football. Uh, they're doing some nice things. They have some nice wins. But if BYU wins, now we're talking. BYU's in in the top. They're twenty to twenty five range, and now they have context for the season. You don't have a conference, so what's the only national context? Rankings. BYU needs to get in the rankings. BYU. Look, I don't care how. I don't care if they score ten points and win. If they beat Wisconsin at Camp Randall, which is arguably the one of the toughest places to play. I, people, some people say it is, it is the college football scene in America, that there is no better college football atmosphere than Madison, Wisconsin. The SEC would argue that heavily. Tailgating, maybe, but as far as a in-game experience and the different things that go there, tough to beat. Tough to beat Camp Randall and, and Madison, Wisconsin. So if BYU can go in there and win, period, then it will do huge things for them. Topic two. BYU's best win is... Well, it it goes with Texas. It goes with um, Georgia Tech. It goes with now Boise. And we have a good team. We have a good program. Bronco Mendenhall undecided on the quote-unquote best win for BYU this season. And that's understandable. Like we said, you can make an argument for four, maybe five of those wins as being crucial 
victories. Right now, we discuss the biggest, best, most important victory for BYU up to this point in the 2013 season. Okay, so here's, here's what I have to say about Boise State. BYU dominates a quality program in front of a lot of prominent viewers on ESPN. Hello, national relevance. Georgia Tech. And a lot of people are like, eh, that's an okay one. Listen to this. BYU handles an upper-tier ACC team. They're 5-3. and three. Comparatively, the Cougars beat the Yellow Jackets by more points than 7th-ranked Miami, who was 7-0. Miami and, is the most overrated team in the country. they beat Virginia Tech, and Virginia Tech only beat them by 7. Okay, Virginia, Virginia Tech has been in the rankings for a few weeks this year. BYU handles Georgia Tech handily compared to to a couple of those high-tier ACC teams. Texas, 550 yards rushing against a team that is a legitimate Big 12 championship contender. Tied for the Big 12 lead right now with Baylor at undefeated 4-0 in conference. The Longhorns have won four straight. Impressive wins over Oklahoma and a 30-7 win against TCU. Okay, then you go to Houston. You survive against an undefeated team on the road. Yeah, well, they hadn't beat anybody. I don't care. They were undefeated, and you were on the road. You overcome a lot of bad breaks, a lot of weird things to do it. You score 47, and you make a huge play late to seal it. Classic confidence builder. The Houston game reaps huge rewards for BYU's mentality moving forward. And then Utah State. Where did BYU discover the passing game for the first time this season? Uh, Logan, Utah. You win in a raucous rivalry atmosphere. Those fans hate you. You dominate them. And you, you're playing against a really motivated team. Well, you also move your record to over 500 for the first time. Taysom Hill's coming out party. And the last time. As a passing quarterback happened against the Utah State Aggies. So there you have it. Five wins and five reasons why they are all important to the BYU Cougars. Sound off at BYU Sports Nation. What is the most important or Wait, best or on. biggest win for BYU to, this season? We need to define that. There's a there's a difference between most important and best. Okay, just, define it. Just what's the best win? The best win is what I think it speaks for itself. This is like saying uh, who's the MVP versus the be- like the the best player. There's a difference between most valuable and the best, right? So most Is imp- there? Yes. So most important would be, hey, this kind of propelled BYU to do these things or whatever. Best is just straight up, what's the best win? Just who's the best team that BYU beat? Okay, you're asking who's the best team that BYU beat, not necessarily what is the best victory. Okay, That's you're right. totally Be- different. Best win is a little vague. Well, let's just make sure we, are, okay. we, have, we define what we're discussing. Because to me, most important is different than best win. So okay. what? So what do we want to discuss here? I would like to discuss all of them, all of the above. We don't have time. What's the one thing? <laughs> this, this show is only an hour. I for for me they're they're synonymous. The most important, best win, like because like I said, you can make an argument for all of them in all of those categories. So that's why it's a compelling argument for the most impressive win. I like that we're talking about wins and not should have been wins. Well, we're beyond that, aren't yeah. we? So what's so what is it in your mind? What's the best win of the season? The best win of the season in terms of just most impressive, like you want to discuss? We're, no, we're not defining it. Okay, we're not because defining we can't, it. Because we haven't defined it. The best win for BYU this season for me is still Texas. Because it, it totally erased uh, in the minds of a lot of people the debacle at Virginia. It, it proved that BYU can handle a very good football team with good athletes and do so in dominating fashion. Like I feel like BYU is now gaining more and more traction because of what they did against Texas because the Longhorns are now playing. They're, they beat Oklahoma. They dominated TCU. They're tied for first in the Big 12. So I feel like that Texas win is, is the biggest, most important, best victory for BYU up to this point. I agree. I'm going to take a different angle, though. Boise State, I think, is the best win of the season because Texas, you were trying to offset what happened against Virginia and just the the negativity associated with that internally and the lack of national relevance after that win of, huh? Then you beat Texas and you're a blip on the map, but then there's that bye week. And so what you did against Texas was kind of neutralized by the bye week and the fact that BYU lost to Utah. So here BYU is on a four-game win streak prior to Friday. They play in front of a national TV audience. We just talked about the importance of Nostris Nocturnist. And BYU wins by 17. They beat Boise State. 
and now we're on a five-game win streak, and people are talking about BYU in the top 25 discussion, as opposed to when BYU beat Texas, which was single-game greatness. Boise State was BYU building on the greatness of that four-game win streak. So to me, the best win is Boise State so far. But I love the fact that BYU has enough of these on the schedule to where we can debate that. Normally, we're talking about maybe two or three games with BYU. We're talking about four or five pretty good games that BYU has on its schedule. And guess what? When Tom Homo was in studio yesterday, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. In the last two years of independence, BYU's had to cruise into this part of the season where we're talking about Idaho and New Mexico State and San Jose State, those kinds of teams. No more do we talk about that. BYU's got legit games to prove themselves. At Wisconsin, at Notre Dame is... Will BYU man up and be a really good team this year and win there? Or will they fade after this middle-of-the-season nice win streak and cruise into the end of the season with maybe eight or nine wins? BYU can do something really special this year, even more special than what they did in 06 seven, and seven, where they started 1-2 and two but finished 11-2. and two. This team, if they went out, is better than the uh, 07 team with that kind of, of rebound. The 06 team dominated fools, so I, I don't think that this team would be better in 06. But BYU's got a chance to do something special with meaningful games at the end of the season. Thank you, Tom Homel. AP College football writer Ralph Russo on why BYU has a chance to sneak into the BCS. That's coming up in just a few minutes on BYU Sports Nation. Here's my question, and, and this we should include our, our producer Ben Bagley on this. What was the nation talking about after the Texas Good point. Win. This is a great point. And what are they talking about now after the Boise State win? Because after the Texas... It was Texas. Fall, it was all about the Longhorns. But horns. now it's BYU. It's not, oh, what happened to Boise State, which they could have done. They could say, oh man, three losses, what's going on with that program? No, it's Chris about Peterson. Taysom Hill. It's about BYU and it's, Taysom Hill. It's about BYU's offense. They're up-tempo, moving, a successful O, led by the sophomore stigma caller, Taysom Hill. That's That's... Tremendous point. And oh, by the way, their defense is ranked 20th in, in the nation. Still, Still doing it. Which Not, we've, we've gotten some tweets, by the way, uh, what people think. We Keep those coming at BYU Sports Nation. So at go underscore riboflavin. He says Texas. Best Big 12 team uh, from Fort Collins, Colorado. At RK Halsell. Houston, because they may not lose again, shows Texas, Georgia Tech, and Boise State was not a fluke. I can't disagree with the Houston game because of the way they did it. Because of the way they did it. All right. As much as I want to keep discussing this, and we will throughout the show, continue to send in your tweets and thoughts at BYU Sports Nation. We roll on. Topic three. Award watch. Kyle Van Noy certainly appreciates being included as a semifinalist for the Butkus Award. I think it's a great accomplishment to be added with some of the best linebackers in the country. Uh, not anybody can say that. I'm really appreciative of being elected for that, but I wouldn't be able to do it without my teammates. Kyle Van Noy, given given credit to all of his buddies, uh, and he's always been quick to do that. As dynamic of a player as he is, he does not want to take away from the fact that the BYU defense is a unit. They are a team, and the reason that he has success is because he's got great players around him. And I can't, Look, Ethan Manumaleuna, Alani Fua, Spencer Hadley, Bronson Kafusi, Bronson Kafusi Remington Peck playing very well against Boise State. Those guys are starting to make plays. And you could argue, well, because they're paying so much attention to Kyle Van Noy, that's why those guys are making plays too. I don't know. I think I think opposing offenses have to worry about a lot of personalities, led by Kyle Van Noy, but they have to worry about more than just Kyle Van Noy. Luckily, that's what we're going to talk about in the future when we look back and say, man, remember when BYU had elite defenses? And hopefully BYU continues to have elite defenses but and, and gets even better. But we'll look at this group and we'll say, there were those guys led by a really special player. That's when you have elite defense. You got you have to have that's the difference between a good defense and great is hey, you've got an all-American in that group and maybe there's a future all-American or two in this group in the next couple of years. What's the biggest difference between Jarvis Jones and Kyle Van Noy? I mean, Jarvis Jones is an outstanding freakish athlete, but Kyle Van Noy has produced more in that limelight. 
Oh, very good stuff. Kyle Van Noy, Buckus semifinalist, Bidneric Award semifinalist, and uh, shout out quickly to Taysom Hill, who's the Manning Weekly Award Player of the Week. Up next, we delve into BYU Sports Nation with Blaine Fowler. More delving, Jerem. How do you feel about Delvage. that? Delvage. He joins us next to answer what BYU's win over Boise State did for the team and how the Cougars compete in Madison, Wisconsin. You're listening to BYU Sports Nation. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is Taysom Hill, and you are listening to BYU Sports Nation. Taysom Hill, the man with the right arm we like to call the potato gun. (laughs) Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan here. You can follow us at Spencer underscore Linton and at Jerem Jordan. Join the show's growing Twitter following at BYU Sports Nation. You can get the best of BYU Sports by downloading the BYU TV and BYU Radio apps. Isn't that right, Jerem? That's right. <laughs> it's, it's great. If you haven't downloaded these apps, they're awesome. BYU Sports content all over the place all the time. BYU TV has an Android and iOS app, as BYU Radio has an iOS app. Download them today if you haven't already. What is BYU's best win of the season? Jerem. People weighing in at BYU Sports Nation on Twitter. At UCLA Grad 90. This is Jamal Williams' mother, Nicole. She says, Texas was a big win. Houston was the we got some dog in us win. And Boise was the swag win. So she didn't necessarily answer the question, but she defined three big wins to her. I like it. The swag win. The swag win. The J- yeah. The Jay yeah, Swag Daddy absolutely. win. Absolutely. Good to see that uh, Jamal was okay, by the way. After that hit pointer, able to play against Boise State and played well. At K Wilkins, listening from... The Woodlands, Texas. I do everything I can to listen to your show. Thank you. Texas is the best win of the season. There's the Texans saying Texas was the best win. Yeah. Love it. Keep them coming at BYU Sports Nation. On that note, we welcome in our first guest of the day. We do it every week on Tuesday. It is Blaine Fowler time. Blaine, welcome to BYU Sports Nation once again. And we're talking about BYU's best win of the season. In your mind, is it Georgia Tech, Texas, uh, Houston or Boise State? What do you think, my friend? Well, it will be Wisconsin in two weeks. Oh, nice. yeah. That's not the question, but nicely but done. Up, up to this point, I'm going to say Boise State, and here's why. As big a win as Texas was, um, and it's, and Texas is proving to be a good football team now, now that they're, they're getting some things put together, at the time – Texas wasn't as good as they are right now. They they were struggling. They had a bad plan defensively. BYU was one-dimensional. And so, to me, the Boise State win, it was the only game on on Friday night for the whole country to see. Boise State is, is highly respected. Even though they're not as good as they, they were during the Kellen Warriors, they're still highly respected. And it was a dominating, complete win where they played they, they had balance on offense. They were able to throw the ball. They could run the football. They were great on defense. So to me, it was their most complete game. And because it was the only game on on national TV on, on a Friday night, I, I think it was a statement game. To me, that's the, the biggest win so far. So BYU starts 1-2, and two, Blaine. Wedged, uh, you have Virginia and Utah losses wedged in between there. It's the Texas uh, victory and just the craziness of, of 550 rushing yards. What's changed? You know, you know what the worst loss is. Yes. By the way. Yes, we all know. We don't even have to talk about it. We don't even have to put that up. The question, and it's not. And it's not Virginia. Uh, no, it's not. Uh, and when BYU goes on this five-game win streak, what's been the biggest difference in your mind? Well, I think that the development of the offense is the big thing, and it's it's multifaceted. The offensive line is 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 playing better right now. And Robert and I said last week that that's probably the most underrated thing about the difference with this offense. You know, everybody looks at the quarterback and and certainly Taysom Hill has come head and shoulders, but part of the reason he's he's head and shoulders better than he was is because he's getting some protection. He's able to set his feet. You remember we talked back at the beginning of the year that we, we knew that Taysom Hill had the skill set, but that skill set wasn't showing up the way it should because he was throwing with his feet parallel, he was throwing off of his heels. He never was really able to set his feet and get comfortable. And so the offensive line play has improved dramatically. His comfort level, Taysom Hill's comfort level, has improved dramatically. His confidence in himself and in his offensive line and in his receivers. And I think that Robert and I now has a better understanding 
of the of the appropriate plays to call based on the skills of the team he has. He knows this team now. And so it's those three things. It's Robert and I is better, the offensive line is better, and Taysom Hill is way better. And and this this team is an offense now. It's one plus two plus you know, so it's one plus one plus one equals ten right now. So you talked about Robert and I being a better uh, play caller, which which I agree. They've uh, they've finally figured out how to tailor it to the players. It takes a couple games, and he said that in fall camp. With that said, how do you think BYU plays better second halves and keeps the pedal down? That's a hard thing because it's that that fine line. And Dave and I, when we were doing that game Saturday, we were going, "Wow, they're they come out in the third quarter. They've got a comfortable lead." And so you you in your own mind as not a coordinator, you battle between do we do things that are safe and prevent turnovers, because our defense is that good that, that we really probably don't need to score again and win this ball game, or do we just keep the pedal to the metal and just keep rolling with what got us here? Um, and so, so it is, it, it's a tough thing, and I think that, that Robert and I is learning that, too. He's, he's learning now, um, okay, if we, are, if we jump on somebody in the first half, like they have the last couple of games, how much do I, I take the foot off the, off the pedal? How much do I trust this team in terms of not turning the ball over? So it's still evolving. I mean, I think it's, I think it's still evolving, um, but I think it's uh, you know I think it will get better. I think they'll play better in the second half. And the thing that's hard when you're when you're dominating somebody in the first half, you go into the locker room and you don't make any adjustments. Why would you? You're dominating somebody. The other team goes in and says, okay, we got to stop this, we got to stop that, we got to change this, we got to change that. So BYU's got to get better at counterpunching the changes that take place right out of the locker room. You've already called for a BYU win at Camp Randall in Madison, Wisconsin. How does BYU pull that off, Blaine? Well, their defense is going to have to be tremendous because this this is a team that is very good defensively. It's a top ten defense. Um, you know, they're number six in the country in scoring defense. It's it's not a team that BYU will likely go out and, and put forty five up on. Um, and so I think that the defense becomes the focal point again this week because I'm not overwhelmed with Wisconsin's offense. They're a very good running football team. They set, they use the run to set up the pass. And I think if BYU can just dominate this Wisconsin team and force them to be a passing team and not be able to set up the run, then it keeps the score down. And then BYU's got enough big playmakers that they can, that they can win this ball game. So I, I see it more like a Notre Dame game was last year, only maybe a little higher scoring than that because BYU's offense is certainly better than it was last year. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's a, you know, a 21 to 17 type game rather than a 45 44 game. Obviously, beating Wisconsin puts BYU in some interesting national conversations. I know people are flirting with uh, that three letter acronym BCS and Jerem Jordan shaking his head. <laughs> like, slow down, slow down. But if BYU beats Wisconsin and then, let, or we're going to play the hypothetical game, proceeds to run the table, is it? Too far out there to say that they could sneak into the BCS? What do you think? Let's, let's say it's possible, but it's not probable, just because of the number of teams that are undefeated right now and the remaining schedule for those teams. And so, and and if you're in the SEC, a one-loss team trumps anybody else's undefeated team. If you're in one of the so-called power conferences, a one-loss team trumps a two-loss team. So... So for BYU to crawl into that, it would almost have to be, and like in 1984 when, when BYU won the national championship, you know, as, as the season was going down the stretch, every week people would go, well, now what has to happen is Washington has to lose and Oklahoma has to, and you'd just go, but that'll never happen. And then it would happen that week. And you'd go, are, are you kidding me? Uh, BYU just moved up again. Yeah, didn't and BYU, all, didn't, it didn't, after you beat Utah, Oklahoma, and another team lose in the same week to propel you to number one? Every week we would go, and you know, the coaches always say, you know, our players just take one game at a time. Oh, baloney. We were, we were looking at every team that was ranked around us, rooting for them, watching them every Saturday and rooting for them to lose. Let's not kid ourselves, right? And so absolutely we were doing that, and everything fell into place to have BYU move up to where they needed to move up. That's the kind of scenario that would have to happen this year with, with two losses for BYU to climb in. Now, do I think BYU can finish the season in the top 15? I absolutely believe that. That's not a stretch. If they, if they run the table, which I think they're capable of doing, they have to play really well um, at Notre Dame and at Wisconsin, 
but it's not out of the realm. I think I think they're absolutely capable. I put it this way: I wouldn't be surprised at all if they ran the table. Um, and and if that happened, they're going to finish in the top fifteen, no question. But to get up in where they would get an at-large BCS berth, that's a long shot. Not not impossible, but a long shot. Blaine Fowler, BYU TV football analyst, national championship quarterback, joining BYU Sports Nation, part of that 1984 national championship team. Now, here's what here's what gets me, and I've at some point I've got to release this from my soul. If BYU doesn't lose to Virginia, they're ranked uh, in the top 20 right now, and then if they beat Wisconsin and Notre Dame, they leapfrog Fresno State and Northern Illinois. Agree or disagree? One lo- a one loss BYU team would be in the B- in the BCS. With the schedule they played, so they would they would be above Fresno and they would be above they'd be above those schools because of the strength of schedule. So oh, that hurts! Was, that hurts so Virginia, bad, Blaine. I'm telling you, even if they lost the Virginia game and beat Utah, uh, because they're they're they would be ranked right now, and people would go, well, that Virginia game. Because remember, a, a portion of the of the formula is the rankings. You know, the AP and you know the is it the AP? I can't remember which ones, but sure. it's the rankings. And and they would be really high right now because what the what the voters would be saying, not the computers, they'd be going, eh, played back in Virginia, that was that weird game when it rained and they had the delay and then they went to halftime and they didn't know what they were doing yet. This is one of the top ten teams in the country right now. And that and that's how they would vote them. So either or, I think. And I, I think they would forgive a Utah loss in the rivalry game, but but I think a one loss BYU team at the end of the year absolutely leapfrogs those undefeated non-BCS conference type of scenarios, and they would find themselves in a BCS game. Okay, we're going to come back to what we know right now, and that is BYU accepting a bid to play in the Fight Hunger Bowl. We had Tom Holmo on the show yesterday, and he gave great insight into that bowl game and why BYU felt like it was necessary to make a commitment right now. And look, it, it... Whoever they play, the Pac-12 is loaded this year. It's going to be a great game. So BYU, let's say they finish 9-3, and 10-2, and two, they don't get into the BCS. They're still going to have a solid bowl game. What are your thoughts on BYU heading to the Bay Area over the holidays? Oh, I, I think it's great. and I, you know, It is a good year to be playing in that bowl for the reason you stated, Spencer, and that's that the Pac-12 is as good as, they, as good as they've been probably in 10 years this year. And so... You're going to get a really good Oregon State team, or or a you know a, a good USC team, not to USC standards, but a very good team with a big recognizable name in that bowl. You know, we had we were talking to the uh, commissioner of the Fight Hunger Bowl at the game on Saturday, and you know, we said, "What about Utah?" And and it was interesting. He, you know, he said, "Yeah, you know, we're thinking about Utah. That's an option." But I got the sense from him in that conversation, he'd really like USC to finish strong enough, but not quite strong enough to <laughs> to go to a, a bigger bowl than that. That he could match up BYU and, and USC in that game. Yeah, that's you're speaking. I think that you're, you're speaking of Gary Cavalli, like. and, and I, I got we got the same impression when he spoke to us last week on BYU Sports Nation that USC BYU seems like an awfully intriguing matchup. Not a, not only in terms of just the namesake, but really, uh, it, it's their defense versus a BYU offense, and that that should make for a great football game if it comes to fruition. And they're going to be more motivated than Oregon in 06 and the Vegas right. Yeah, California in 05 and whatever. It's going to well, be a better they're game. They're going to be they're going to be looking. Remember, USC now for the rest of the year, those kids are playing to impress whoever their coach is going to be. So they've got a, they've got a rest of the season tryout. And so they're going to play with some passion. They're going to try to set the tone for next year and show whoever that coach is going to be, whether, well, whether it's Orgenon or whoever it is, that, hey, we're moving forward and we're going to get everybody healthy next year and I'm one of the guys that you're going to play. So USC would play with some passion. The other thing is, is from a, an intrigue for fans in the stands, SC has plenty of alumni in the Bay Area. And, you know, so they don't have to drive. There are some people that will make the drive up from SoCal. BYU is going to represent well in terms of, of the draw. And so I think from the Bulls' perspective, they're thinking, yeah, USC is a good matchup just for putting seats in the stands. That would be a good one. And I think it would have national interest. So, yeah, it, it, it's, a good, it's going to be a good bowl, and it's going to be fun. And San Francisco is a great city. Okay, Blaine Fowler joining BYU TV. Uh, we're going to throw you a little bit of a curveball. And I'm not talking baseball right now to to end up here, but you I called okay. You called the BYU basketball game on Saturday night against Colorado College. What are your early season thoughts on uh, BYU basketball? I was actually excited, um, not just from the game the other night, but when we did the 
Boom Shakalaka. Did I say that right, Jerem? Affirmative. But <laughs> when we did Boom Shakalaka. Boom Shakalaka. Really Boom Shakalaka. There it is. <laughs> it's back. It. it is back. It. But but both of those opportunities to watch these guys sit in courtside got me excited about the young talent on this team. I mean, the knowns are solid. So so we know that Tyler Hawes is one of the top players in the country. You know, we, we know that Collinsworth coming back from Michigan, we know how good he was as a freshman, and if he's in good enough shape, he's going to be a, just a tremendous rebounder. He can even play the point at 6'5". Um, we, we know what Matt Carlino can do. He can break down defenses. And so the unknown was, what are they going to get out of Nate Austin and, and Josh Sharp? And would these other big guys add some beef up front that will make BYU more formidable? And, and I think, after just two exposures to them, that uh, – that the guys they have coming in, they've got lots of size to throw out there. They didn't just throw one 6'10 guy after another out there. Really impressed with Mika's ability to run the floor as a big guy. Um, I, I'm excited about this team. I think this is a team that's going to contend with Gonzaga for the WCC championship. And if Matt Carlino can keep playing the way he just played Saturday night. Man, shooting the ball so well. Summon the yeah. lip sync. That's what's going yeah, on well, with him. I, 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 saw the, I saw the lip sync, too. I mean, he's all over it, man. This guy's on fire. <laughs> Blaine Fowler earning his paycheck and a little bit more on BYU Sports Nation. Thanks for the time, as always, Blaine. Good to talk to you guys. All right, Blaine Fowler, BYU TV analyst. You can see him each week on True Blue and on the BYU game day replays for the football team. Uh, very quickly, we read one last tweet before we go to break. Asking which is the most important win for BYU, Texas. Highest ranked with starting quarterback intact. BSU and Utah State had backup quarterbacks. That Bella coming point. from at Bowserman in Abingdon, Virginia. We're back with AP writer Ralph Russo on BYU Sports Nation right after this. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is BYU Sports Nation on the BYU Radio Sports Network. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Saturday night on BYU TV and BYU Radio, the men's basketball team playing its final exhibition game against Alaska Anchorage. The game tips at 9 p.m. Eastern. We now welcome into BYU Sports Nation an accomplished college football expert and writer for the Associated Press, Ralph Russo. He just wrote an article on the emergence of BYU's up-tempo offense Ralph, what is the most impressive aspect of the BYU football program that you have witnessed this season? Well, you know, from afar and having watched a bunch of their games on TV, it just struck me that, you know, they just started running this up-tempo thing, and they're doing it really, really well. Uh, You know, aside from playing in a monsoon in Virginia, which was a, 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 a total outlier, so, you know, I decided I, I, I kind of needed to talk to Bronco and some of the guys over at BYU and, and try to figure out how exactly did they get this thing up and running so quickly. It's not the easiest thing to transition into being an up-tempo team and to now be – now they're the fastest-moving team in the country. Nobody, nobody's run more plays per game than BYU. And I, I found it interesting because what, what Bronco and and offensive coordinator uh, Robert and I sort of, you know, laid out to me was that – the principles of what it means to be an up-tempo program. And it's not just being an up-tempo offense. The the teams that do this well are up-tempo programs. It's a program-wide philosophy. A lot of those things were already built into what Bronco was doing at BYU. Um, You know, from what he said, listen, we we are an effort-first program. I think the quote was, we're will before skill. So this plays right into what we sort of do here. We, we, We practice fast. We practice furious. We push our bodies. We're guys who are well-conditioned, and, you know, part of it is the lifestyle we live and, and the fact that we're playing it at, at, um, at altitude. So this all worked very well. The philosophies of being an up-tempo program were already there, so now we're just installing the offense, and it's really worked great. I mean, I think it's been incredibly impressive, and it speaks really well for Bronco Mendenhall. And I uh, read the article earlier this morning and uh, tweeted it out. We'll tweet it again uh, from BYU Sports Nation. If Just you, did. If you, very nice. If you missed it. Uh, what about BYU's offense stuck out to you to make you want to write an article uh, about what BYU's done so far this year? 
Yeah, again, I think it's the, the, the fact that they're running so many plays and they're so efficient with it. You know, it's not easy to transition to this thing, not just from a physical standpoint, because obviously, again, BYU sort of had the groundwork of being able to do this physically, but to sort of do it mentally and to be able to get the communication down, to feel like you're not in a panic mode, and to be able to really ratchet off these plays so quickly. Now, listen, they still have some limitations offensively. They're averaging 500 yards a game. They're averaging 90 plays a game, just under 90 plays a game. That's all great, but their average per play, I think, is about 5.7 yards per play, and that's in the middle of the country. That's only a little bit better than USC, and we think USC's offense stinks. So they, they still need to become more explosive. And, you know, obviously the games that they played against Virginia are still weighing, up, weighing down on those stats. And Taysom Hill needs to become more accurate. He's only a 52% passer. If you knock that up to 58 59%, that average per play goes up to the over six, and now you're rolling. Um, but, again, to me it was just the, the smooth transition to, to getting into this offense. And also – but why Bronco Mendenhall wanted to do it, and what he's told me was, and, and you guys may have already heard him say this, is he felt like it could be the difference between BYU being a top 25 program and being a top 10 program, a program that could compete for national championships. And I always think anytime a coach sort of embraces a possible weakness and says, okay, this we need to try something different. I always think that's a great sign for, you know, the, the ability of a coach to, to improve himself and his team, his program. Ralph, you tweeted some really interesting things over the weekend, uh, specifically about BYU, and I'm assuming as you were watching the Boise State game and then the days after. But for the first one I, I really want to bring up is you said this, just a thought, BYU wins out, victories at Wisconsin and Notre Dame. That sounds like a possible BCS at large to me. Do you really think BYU can sneak into that BCS conversation if they finish 10-2? and two? And how, how do they sneak by these other teams like Fresno State and Northern Illinois? Well, yeah, I, I'll try to condense this. Okay. With BYU, with BYU, because it, it's a long and winding road. Sure. Moving parts with BCS stuff. But if you think about it, it's not to be a BCS buster. It's not that automatic bid if you get into the top 12. And for, B, and for BYU to become a player in this, aside from being 10-2 and two and having to win at Madison and win at Notre Dame, which will not be easy, um, they need Northern Illinois and Fresno State out of the mix. All right. The first thing is they need those teams to lose because yeah. they're not going to get that BCS buster bid. And if, if Fresno State is loses a game, they're going to drop like a rock. And same thing with New Orleans, uh, New Orleans for Northern Illinois. Uh, and I think both of them are very capable of losing games. They have games on their schedule that they can lose. Fresno State won three overtime games. They can lose to anybody at this point. So if you knock those two teams out of the mix and say we're not going to have a BCS buster, now what you're saying is BYU has to get into the top. 16, or is it 14? I believe it's 14. 14, has to get to the top 14 to be eligible to be an at-large pick. If you're 10-2 and with wins over Notre Dame and Wisconsin, that won't be an issue. So you have no BCS buster. You've eliminated Wisconsin because you've beaten Wisconsin. You've eliminated Notre Dame because you've beaten Notre Dame. Now all of a sudden, if you start picking through the field of who the at-large teams are, if the Big Ten sort of falls apart and you have a bunch of nine and three and eight and four teams out of Michigan, Michigan State, Nebraska, um, if the Big 12, if those teams start knocking each other off, and again, this is not crazy talk to think that you could end up having a bunch of nine and three teams out of that conference. Now all of a sudden, the Fiesta Bowl is sitting there with a BYU squad that travels really well. And there, and Fiesta will have the last pick in the rotation this year. You know, again, it's a long and winding road, and there's a lot of things that have to happen. But I don't think it's out of the question if you get to ten and two, BYU could get themselves in the mix. We're talking to Ralph Russo of the Associated Press, college football writer here on BYU Sports Nation. And uh, Ralph, we've been talking about BYU's schedule this year. Uh, the last two years, uh, not as strong as this year. BYU fans have called this the most challenging schedule in school history just because of the number of quality opponents there who haven't necessarily uh, played to their potential. Boy, State's not ranked. Uh, you know, Texas is climbing back. Wisconsin, Notre Dame, barely in. What do you think of BYU's schedule from a national perspective in BYU's attempt to become an elite program? Well, here's what I would say. I have been skeptical about BYU going 
independent, and I was skeptical of whether it's going to keep them relevant on the national scene. So I'll, I'll admit to that up front. And I still am a little skeptical. I still think that maybe in the, in the greater picture down the road, they'll be better off being in a conference that will keep them in the mix for titles and BCS bids or playoff bids and, and things like that, marquee bowl bids. Um, but listen, the schedule, when you can, when you can schedule big-time teams and play six or seven or eight games against a notable program on TV every week, that will keep you in a national conference. Uh, conscious. Um, so, so that is working out just fine. I, I, but you do have the problem of this. You're going to have the hit or miss thing. You're going to have right a year where Boise State, you thought Boise State was going to be good. They're not so good. So that takes a hit on your schedule. And I also just feel like, you know, you get to the point where it's a little bit, you know, BCS or bust or in a few years playoff or bust where, you know, if you, do, if you go nine and three and have a good year and you're still rele- relegated to playing in second or third tier bowl games, is that still what's best for your program? The schedule has been pretty impressive. And looking at the schedule is going out from here. You know, I think Holmo's done a very nice job of getting big teams on the schedule. I think we were all a little skeptical of whether he'd be able to continue to do that as these big conferences go to nine conference games. But that's going to be the challenging point going forward. Ralph Russo of the Associated Press joining us on BYU Sports Nation. And Ralph, BYU is already locked into the Fight Hunger Bowl in San Francisco, slated for December 27th at AT&T Park. The Pac-12 is loaded, so if BYU doesn't get into a BCS game, let's say they're 9-3 and or 10-2, and do you still like that matchup against a Pac-12 opponent in a quality conference this year? You're right. It's going to work out. It should. It should work out pretty well for them this year because even if you get fairly deep into the Pac-12, you know, I mean, I watched Utah. I mean, well, obviously you're not going to have Utah again, but like just for an example, like Utah's pretty good and they're not winning any Pac-12 games. Yeah. So there's a team that's going to be six and six. So that sort of speaks to the strength of the Pac-12. You're right. You could end up, you know, I don't know exactly what that selection is. I want to say it's probably the sixth or fifth, sixth or seventh selection out of the Pac-12. Six. You're talking about an Arizona team that could be pretty good. Um, you know, again, you're, you're maybe even an Oregon State team could slide to you at that point. So you should end up with a pretty good matchup just because the Pac-12 is really right behind the SEC this year as far as quality is concerned. Wrapping up with Ralph Russo of the Associated Press, our poll question today is this, and I want you to answer it. What's BYU's best win of the season? We've given options uh, Boise State, Georgia Tech, Texas, or Houston. What do you think? You know, I, I think it's still, I think it still has to be Texas, just because Texas is still pretty talented. Now I know they were, Texas was a mess at that point, obviously defensively, right. and they really cleaned up a lot of things. But the fact of the matter is, Texas is the most talented team out of that bunch. You know, this is definitely not a vintage Boise State team. Georgia Tech is is okay. Um, I, I think the simple fact that. You know, Texas has got four- and five-star athletes, and as good as BYU is, it doesn't have a whole bunch of four- and five-stars. And if BYU can go out there, even as dysfunctional as Texas was, and really blow up Texas, that's that's a good win. I mean, I'm not taking – I think we've been too quick to dismiss how well BYU played in that game and to give credit to BYU because we've been so focused on how dysfunctional Texas is, or at least was. Ralph Russo of the Associated Press joining BYU Sports Nation. We appreciate the time. Great article that you can read. We just tweeted it out at BYU Sports Nation on BYU's up-tempo transformation. Ralph, we hope to have you on the show again soon. Thanks, guys. Anytime. All right, getting to some tweets very quickly. What is BYU's best win of the season? At David Roberts says, best win has to be Houston. Undefeated on the road, which is huge. Prove the offense can win a game. Hashtag taters to Ridley. Up next, the Cougar whip around. Plus your rise and shout. This is BYU Sports Nation. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is Nate Austin, and you are tuned in to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. You know what time it is. Let's whip it! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. 
Women's volleyball. The 21st ranked women's volleyball team has seven games left in the regular season and a one-game lead in the West Coast Conference. Next up for the Cougars, a home match this Thursday against Loyola Marymount on BYU TV. Soccer. After upsetting sixth-ranked Portland over the weekend, the women's soccer team hosts San Diego Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV. Golf. BYU's women's team in the in Hawaii participating in the Rainbow Wahine Invitational today through Thursday. That sounds tough, doesn't it? I'd say good luck to two, but uh, who cares? I mean, they're look, in Hawaii. They're in Hawaii. Nice. Tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation, what will it take for BYU to make a BCS game this season? We heard some great stuff from Ralph Russo there. We'll bring back, uh, you know, what Trevor Maddich just said, and just kind of lay out some scenarios. What what would it take for BYU to get into the BCS? That's coming up tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation. A lot of people say a miracle. Well, guess what? It took a miracle for BYU to win the national championship. Blaine Fowler touched on that today on BYU Sports Nation. A lot of things had to fall into place. You never know. Just win games, right? Yeah, and in the meantime, buy your tickets to the Craft Fight Hun- or the Fight Hunger Bowl. Yes, they are on sale. Because that's the most likely scenario. But let's look at what if. Our rise and shout today. I'm actually going to call an audible right here. It, we're going to give it to Kyle Van Noy, first of all, because he's been named to a couple of semifinalists award lists, the Benaric Award, the Butkus Award, but also to Matt Carlino for that lip sync. And if you haven't seen it, you need to go on and watch Matt Carlino, BYU's point guard lip sync. Forever, it is, ever? Uh, it is. <laughs> we'll, leave it at, we'll leave it at that. Final poll results. What's the, what is BYU's best win of the season? BYUTVSports.com gives us Texas at 63%. All right, some very quick tweets. At HCollier88. Best win for BYU is Boise State because they owned the night. Sec- Nocturnus. Second is Houston because they show that they can get a gutty win. At I underscore am underscore Mel- Melman. Most impressive win was against Texas. Most important was pulling it out at Houston. Gave them tons of confidence. Here's one interesting. At Parker Milligan. At Utah State. Is that hostile environment Hill and team showed they could still dominate? Big thanks to Blaine Fowler, our guest, uh, as well as Ralph Russo and everyone on our BYU Sports Nation crew, producer Ben Bagley, senior coordinating producer Michael Miner, BYU Radio Station Manager Don Chaline, production assistants Alan Miller and Spencer King, and our engineer Aaron Evans. Love those shout-outs. Check out archived episodes of the show on demand every afternoon at youtube.com slash BYU Radio. For Jerem Jordan. I'm Spencer Linton, and you, my friends, have just listened to BYU Sports Nation.